this is how desperate this government is. And the fact that a, a million people marched shows just how powerful we as individuals can be in terms of making the government accountable. It's our move, basically. The ball is in our court. But the government, the government is just desperate. And it's actually quite hilarious to watch. Hey everyone and welcome to the Black Canvas podcast. So the gang is back in full effect. Welcome back to me. Welcome back to Thank you guys. Thank you. How are you feeling? I feel good. I don't know how a fixed clean MacBook can make me feel so good but it's in alignment with other things as well. So yeah, I actually feel good. Yeah. Good, 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 good. So you remember how this all goes, yeah? So <laughs> Yeah, I've been just sitting on a sideline, guys. I've been sitting on a sideline on the benches, watching my team, my teammates hit it out of the park every week. And I have to say, guys, I'm proud of you. Like just sitting back and, you know, listening, like as a listener, do you know what I mean? Um, obviously I know what we're gonna discuss and stuff, but just hearing the way it pans out has really like got me emotional and even made me think more. So that's how you know it's real. Thanks, love. But you are also a big part of that as well, because obviously we're still talking in our group chat. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm here. I'm, exactly. I'm here still here, guys, you know. Right. <laughs> so you're always still a part of the conversation, even if people can't hear you. Absolutely. But you're yeah. always a part of the conversation. So welcome back, Tiffany. Dems, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm currently have a week off work, so I woke up well the same time that I usually do anyway but I just took some time to do yoga and some exercise this morning did my hair wash my hair interlock my hair yeah I've just had like a pretty chilled day so I'm feeling really good claiming his time yes always claiming my time (laughs) (laughs) yes I love it highlight of the week oh it's you guys it's this show like I have to say that we, you know, we've been working on this show for a while, like through different mediums and we, we try to stay, well, we do, it's not even that we try, we do stay on track and make sure we create content that is meaningful and impactful to our communities and just seeing us plow through and keep consistent, it just makes me proud to be a part of this. So the highlight is my, you know, faithful return. The gang is back. And yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's so sweet. Dems? My highlight of the week was the march on Saturday. Uh-huh. It's um, my second one. Definitely a lot more than the previous one. And I know you were there tops and you said it was definitely more than the first one that you went to, that mm-hmm. you and Tiff went to, that I wasn't at. So it was just great to like be back on the streets again, you know, marching for Palestine and also not just for Palestine but you know this is kind of like for all the other genocides that are out there that we are slowly kind of like learning about and educating ourselves about so Mm. it's not just for Palestine it's for Congo it's for Sudan it's for everyone else out there that is kind of like marginalized and kind of like not being seen by mainstream media so Mm -hmm. it was just great to be back out on the streets as well and we were out with um, a few people who are kind of like listeners of the show as well. And it's just like great to be out there, engaging with other people. Yeah, it was a big highlight of my week. 
What about you? How are you feeling and how was your highlight of the week? Um, so I'm feeling good despite the fact that I am still pre I'm still unwell and so that's why I might sound quite still nasally. Um, but other than that, I I'm I'm good. I share your highlight of the week. My yeah, my highlight definitely was the March. It was it yeah, I mean we might as well just go straight into it. Yeah. It, it was it was such an overwhelming experience because yeah, I I've already I had been to one previously, um, as you said, and that was great. It was it was wonderful to be around so many different communities, all just having one shared goal, and that is to see there be a ceasefire and there to be peace in the Middle East and for the liberation of Palestinian people. Um, to go again, and I know that they so everybody so badly wanted this to be the biggest. Um, because there's just been so much devastation that has happened over the last over over the last 30 days 30 plus days and it is it's getting worse it's not improving and our government seem still quite um hell-bent on supporting this genocide so it's our voices need to be even louder now and the fact that there was over a million people in london who came out to say that a genocide is wrong. We do not support this. And we want the world to know that we don't support this. It made me feel so proud and so empowered to be around people who, who just, who are on the right side of history. Mm. There's no, there's nothing like mm. it. And to have Suella Braverman, who is now unemployed. <laughs> say, oh gosh. To say that it was a hate march. We, we don't need to give that too much time. Do you know what I mean? Because, because, she knows that's not what it was. Mm. We know that's not what it was. And I think we should all, everybody who went to the march, who has been to a march, who wants to go, like everybody should be proud of themselves. Yeah. Like, because one thing I do want to just quickly say, because there was a lot of conversation after the march online about um, being quite careful around like your identity, not posting um, identifiable pictures online. I definitely do agree that people need to be quite cautious when posting pictures from the protest, particularly if you don't have anyone's like express permission. So I generally try to just post pictures of the back of people's heads and just post like signs and stuff. But with that being said, attending a protest is not a criminal offense, mm. right? None of us did anything wrong by attending that March. As of today, it is still a human right to protest. And everybody that has gone to a protest big up yourself, feel proud of yourself that you went out of your house to make a stand against something that is wrong. So mm. I just wanted to say that. If anything, it was a love march. It was an empathy yeah. march. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The only hate march that is going on is the hate in Suella Braverman's heart. I think that's why it's yeah. important, yeah, to, to actually mm. be involved as much as you can to see things for yourself. Because I think, I was saying to Tope when we went, it's the first time in in a long while that I felt that immense energy of solidarity amongst so many people of different mm. creeds and cultures and whatever. Everyone's looking out for each other, as we discussed already. But for it to go from 100K to a million plus, that's phenomenal. That's saying something. And that's saying that our voice means something and it's impactful. So it's beautiful to see. Beautiful to see. Exactly. A million people can't be wrong. And this is just the UK. Right. This is going on across the entire planet. 
people Literally. are coming out of their houses and they are marching and they are doing stand-ins and sit-ins and die-ins. This is just like remarkable. I think it's on par or even more than uh, back in the 2000s with the Iraq war yeah. when everyone was protesting for that. I think we've I think we've met, matched and overdone that now. Yeah, we did like, that march on Saturday definitely made history. It is definitely the biggest pro-Palestinian march in British history and the largest march since 2003. Yeah. Right. So I think I think the cl- the clear thing we can see here is that Palestine is just is radicalizing the world. I think I, I remember when we um, the last episode where we had Momadou and we spoke to him about what's going on in you know the part of the world that he's in and just his perspective. And I asked mm. you both what what radicalized you. I think for a lot of people, Palestine, what we're seeing right now on our phones and what we're seeing on social media I think that is starting to radicalize a lot of people Mm, for sure definitely because you can't ignore it because like what we've said the past few weeks and on social media like the more that you're engaging with the content and the more that you are sharing the content and getting it into people's timelines and into their feeds like they can't ignore it they have to at least talk about it yeah exactly and then and what we're seeing by doing that, like you say, like it just opens up more of an appetite, more of a mm. desire to um, look beyond ourselves. And, th- and that's how the conversation has shifted to other genocides that are happening. And people are like, well, no longer, no, we're no longer happy to just sort of sit within our, within our ignorance. Mm. We're no longer happy to just kind of sit back and, um, and just take it. People that, cause I, even when the march on Saturday, like the few people that we met with, like all of us were just sort of saying like there was a point in time where I could never have imagined that I would be at something like this. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and that, and that's a journey. And that's a journey that many people are just starting to take. And I think it's beautiful because we've, we've said this a million times, we might as well put it on a t-shirt that like apathy is killing us. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think the, the moment you wake up to that, there's no, there's no going back. It's sustaining so, colonialism is what it's doing. It's actually sustaining it. The only change is going to come from us at this point. If we, we can literally see what the powers that be think and want to do, can cannot be left down to them. Mm. Right. And exactly. this is why, and this is why we say, especially to black creatives and black influencers, it's important to use your platform for things like this. Like, what use is your platform if, when the worst comes to the worst? you can't even use your platform for it. And this is why we say, yes, you've got to, you may go, go out to protest or you may engage with conversations with friends or you may be reading. But the one thing that has got us where we are now with this march and this general conversation about Palestine and Israel is because of social media, because there's impact there with social media. And even with your tweet tops about Congo, you just retweeted... Uh, a tweet with a picture of a child carrying or like holding and crying with the child's like dead mum. And then all you did was retweet it and say, you can't ignore Congo now because of this. Mm-hmm. And you didn't say anything like anything witty or creative or snapping fingers. You know, you were just like, you can't ignore it now. And up to now, it's got like over 5 million impressions 
And the majority of the people in those replies were like, oh my God, I didn't know about Congo. I didn't know what was going on. Where can I find information? And the thing is, Tops has only got like 6,000 followers. So imagine if an influencer or a Black British creative had 10,000 followers or 50,000 followers or 100,000 followers. How many more people would have seen that image and been like, oh my God, what's going on in Congo? Where can I get the information? So it doesn't matter how big or small your platform is, use your voice, use your platform, use your social media to actually talk about what's going on on our planet, especially when it comes to the voices of the most marginalized people. So to say social media doesn't work, it's actually a lie. I think I know it works. I've noticed something like the we've spoken about this in a group chat. Shout out the group chat. <laughs> we've spoken about this, but I think what I'm seeing is that a lot of the people that you would naturally expect to say a little something, the reason why they're not saying anything is because they actually haven't cared enough to do any research beyond what people are talking about and what's being forced in front of them by people in their little bubble. I feel like if they actually cared enough to look into what's going on and the impact it has and why it's a ripple effect and why you should care. Not that you should, I shouldn't have to teach you to care or someone shouldn't have to teach you to care. But I think that's what the issue is because really even sharing a post with information, you're not interested because you don't, do you know what I mean? You don't have the care and interest to look into it. You know, we're not talking about um, 1.4K gold bracelets, you know, um, and um, I don't know who sits in the front seat of your dingy car. So that's why I've noticed that is why people don't care about things that they should care about and they don't have in, they don't want to be socially aware. It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I just I just don't want to give them any more energy if I'm being completely honest. I think that there was a TikTok I watched today um, where it said that this was definitely it's definitely good to hold these people accountable. But at the same time, you don't want to centre any of these influencers in the discourse around Palestine. Oh, 100%. Obviously, obviously we are not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just highlighting the fact that social media is... Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so the only only other thing I was going to mention just around the march before we move on Mm. is that so over the over the weekend it was armistice and there was a lot of there was a lot of um media ruhaha around the fact that having the march on that weekend was disrespectful bloody bloody blah i think a lot of people in media and government are unaware of what armistice means um <laughs> and so there's there's that um but Suella Braverman made a lot of inflammatory comments leading up to the weekend and she basically hollered for her dogs and they all came out in full force on Saturday um, at the Cenotaph and again the march was nowhere near Whitehall but they all showed up at like 10 o'clock in the morning like I don't where, where are these people they all showed up super early in the morning and the police when I tell you the police earned their coins on Saturday, <laughs> they earned what their do you mean? coins. These people, these these degenerates of society, like these back foot crust people, 
were shouting all kinds of obscene nonsense. Like, it's one thing to be racist, yeah? I, but I, I really, I cannot stand stupid people. Like, you don't have any aim. I think it's a usually stupid. No aim, no ideology outside of make grit and break oh, again. Oh. Right. Like, no, no ideology, like, no forward thinking, no idea of what you actually want for your future other than to have no other people of colour in it or around you. That's literally it. It's just like, what is the point of you? That is literally it. Like, they they couldn't even get, like, a consistent chant together. Like, there was no cohesion, no no, no nothing. Right. And I I thought to myself... Are you not embarrassed? Of course they're not. They don't have any shame. They don't have any shame. So, for me, it was so delicious, yeah, watching these videos of these just cumrags, yeah? Just... Not cumrags. They're just disgusting people. And it was so delicious watching these videos. I thought to myself, they so badly wanted the pro-Palestinian marches to turn into some... They wanted it to turn into some bloodbath. But here's but here's the thing, right? The, the march was clearly reorganised and redirected so it could be literally on the other side of central London, well away from it. So I don't know what they were waiting for. Do you know what I mean? It's like common sense. Like if you were going to protect the thing that you loved from a group of people that are supposedly going to be coming to attack it, wouldn't you use your common sense, okay? Let's think of the art of war. Wouldn't you think of of actually researching, okay, where is this march going to be? How close is it going to be? oh, they're not going to be close. Okay, so what are we doing here? Or if you really wanted to incite violence, right, <laughs> you would have gone to where the march was. And that is what and that is what they actually did at the end. Because when they realised that no one from the uh, march was going to be around there and they were just encountering police, what they decided to do was they went down to um, Vauxhall Bridge and they went, they tried to go down there and intimidate them but what they didn't realize is that because mi6 is around there and a lot of government buildings are around there the police have cornered it off really really well so they couldn't even get to the protesters in the first place so all they had to do all they could do was is fight with the police again (laughs) so it just goes to show how backwards they are in terms of not only trying to protect the thing that they loved but when they realized that no one was there and it didn't need protecting, they went to go and antagonise other people anyway to incite violence. And it's just like, they played themselves. They showed their ass. Like, you've got Stella to drink. You've got fish and chips to eat. You've got football to watch. <laughs> like, why are you outside? Go home and rest and relax yourself. Stupidity. It, it, I, the videos were just, honestly, I was just watching it, just laughing my head off. Right? And let's be real. Let's be real. If the 1,000 of you went to go and beat up people in the march, there was a million people there. You would have got batted up anyway. Right. Right. Honestly. So let's be about it. If you want to be about it, let's do the numbers. (laughs) You would have got batted up. Okay? Let's do the statistics. But I'm not, I don't want to be the one like saying, oh, let's incite violence. But, you know. I mean, it is it is what it is at this point. Like, it, the thing is, is that even though I'm like so like happy that everything that Suella wanted the Palestinian march to be was everything that her 
her dogs were, right? But at the same time, never get it twisted, right? It doesn't matter how well behaved we are, Mm. right? It doesn't matter. And so we can definitely talk about how, yes, the part, the, the march was peaceful. And of course, we wanted the march to be peaceful because we know that we can't afford to have anything undermine this very important cause. It's about the Palestinian people. Yeah. And that's what's important. So I do understand why there's always an insistence on everybody just being on their, you know, best behavior, quote unquote. But that just so clearly illustrates the struggle for, you know, marginalized communities all around the world. Mm. Like even when we're being oppressed, we're being killed, raped, colonized, displaced, all of that stuff, we're always still expected to display extraordinary restraint. Right. We have to remain so well behaved. Mm. Right. While the colonizer, and in this case, Israel, continues to remain indignant to the suffering that they have caused, Mm -hmm. right? They can, Israelis and supporters of Israel can get onto socials and say some of the most craziest, genocidal, some of the most disgusting things I have genuinely ever heard in my life, right? I have seen some of the most vile things. They can say whatever they want, but those of us who are rightfully upset because you know we do have a right to be upset over a genocide Mm. right we're not allowed to be upset right we have to be very prim and proper and don't raise your voice too loud so yes we are very happy that the success that the march was a success and it was relatively peaceful in terms of like the ratio to those that were arrested to those that weren't it was very very small right Mm. very very small but that doesn't matter to the government it doesn't like we could have marched in in complete silence yeah zero arrests it doesn't matter because it's not the way that we're protesting it's the fact that we're protesting to begin with Mm. they want us to be oppressed quietly that's it they want you to be oppressed quietly that's literally it yeah but but again well done everyone for going um and the key to remember here is that we can't stop I think that everybody gets like a really massive rush when you get to when you go to something like that. You know, in the very beginning, everybody, especially when you're you know you're new to activism or you're just finding out about it and you just want to educate yourself and it's 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 great. But then inevitably other things start to take our attention and we're about to get into that because there's a lot that happened today on socials. <laughs> um you know, everything else sort of kind of takes over, but we can't get used to the violence right what's happening in palestine what's happening in congo what's happening in sudan it's not normal this should not be happening we oh. should all realize that it is very possible to live in a world where people do not suffer like this do not allow your governments our governments mp's prime ministers presidents do not allow them to make us believe or to continue to live in the belief that in order for us to have the luxuries that we have, in order for us to be safe, in order for us to live normal lives, that a set of people have to live miserable lives. Like, it's very possible for everybody to have a normal, happy life, if we all want it enough. So don't stop posting, keep protesting, emailing, calling, posting. Like, the genocide is still happening, and while the genocide is still happening, we can't afford to let up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you not? Because I feel like we are definitely kind of, I'm starting to notice that it's starting to slow down a little bit. Despite the fact that a million of us turned out on Saturday, that's absolutely great. But we cannot slow down. Like, if anything, 
if we look throughout history, a lot of the struggle for a lot of the struggles for liberation, a lot of the struggles for liberation and um, for freedom. These, these they took years, right? They've been in this for what thirty five days. Palestinians have been fighting for liberation for what, 75 years. Mm. Some of us have only some of us are only just being introduced to this last month and already <laughs> we're getting tired. To that point, there's a rally for Palestine on Wednesday, mm-hmm. which will be tomorrow when this is uploaded. Um hopefully it's so on Wednesday, the 15th of November, there's a rally. Call for ceasefire using your emails, email your MPs. Um there's even a template been written. We'll put all the links below the episode, but there's been a template be written so that you can email your MP with your just with your information, add anything extra you want to add, just to make it easy. These are the things that you can do as well if you can't make it because it's at 5 p.m. on Wednesday. Thanks, Steve. There literally is no excuse. Mm-hmm. There is zero excuse, unless you don't have an internet connection. <laughs> and the way you lot are doing Bagantu, Balenciaga and talking nonsense online, I'm sure you've all got internet connection, so. Just send the email, man, it's not Yeah, hard. at least an email, because we need them to call for, like, they, I, I believe they're eventually gonna, uh, they have to eventually get there, but it's like, let's not keep adding to the despair in, do you know what I mean? Like, let's not let them drag this out for their own amusement, it seems like, at this point. Mm. Because, exactly. well, I mean, a few of them are starting mm. to backtrack, and, oh. you know, we called this a couple of we we called this a couple of weeks ago like the tide will turn yeah 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 right it will turn i mean um the french president even though that one is a complete racist but he is the first western leader to call for a ceasefire he this is the same man who banned protesting in france but you know them french people they don't care they don't give a shit Like honestly, like you could, they, if he, you could, they, he could ban anything, and the French will just be like, please, fuck off. <laughs> like exactly. the French, the French. Like, it's, it's literally in their DNA, mind you. I was literally going to say that. Like, what, what have we ever revolted for? I, I don't mean the colloquial we. I mean like the yeah. UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, yeah. honestly, this one tried. To, he tried to ban it, and the French said, "Okay,", okay. <laughs> and then that, we'll see you outside. <laughs> they're like see you outside so he so he is the first western leader to say um i think this is enough guys you need a ceasefire um and david lammy today wrote this very um long letter calling for a humanitarian pause oh. um how about you humanitarianly pause your blood clot mouth he's so stupid i can't even you know what honestly if david lammy has if he has one hater <laughs> yeah it's me I'm right behind you, love, because what is that? It is me in this life, in the next life, in any life. I cannot stand that man. And the day that he is dragged to the hate with all the other criminals, yeah, I will throw a parade. Yeah. Right. I will throw a parade. So, so yeah, Wednesday, we shall be there. Um, Let's just keep, let's just keep going. Like, whatever you can do to add to the discourse, to support the cause, just do it and please please try and educate yourself on what's going on in the um the dr congo and sudan because it's just heartbreaking and we are direct um contributors of that horror going on right now um i really need to urge people i personally guys can i let you know something that really made me feel i think personally a bit more emotional when i was looking into this again because about seven years ago, 
um, I used to do some hosting work with another platform and it was mainly about African liberation and spirituality kind of thing. Um, anyways, so we were looking into what's happening now in the Congo and that's when I initially learned about the resources that the Congo provides and that it's what it's been raped and pillaged for essentially. And I remember, you know, looking into it hard. I, I joined a few initiatives and I was really passionate about it. And I've, I'm guilty of literally, I don't know when it was, but life, get, you know how it gets, you get the privilege of being distracted. Life happened. And I just felt like I moved on with life. And the discourse around it died down. Um, and I have to say, I felt so bad and just so emotional when I was looking into it again recently in terms of what's happening that time and what's and all the displacement of the millions of people millions and millions of people in in Congo um and what's and personal stories and stuff like that is it's it's horrifying it's horrifying um so please do a little bit of work look into that and share information on that because you know it's all linked for one <laughs> it's all linked Okay, settler colonialism, traditional colonialism is all linked to the British, it's all linked to the West, the East. There's a whole story. Look into it, link up, make your own uh, um, conclusions. Don't just listen to Western media, mainstream media. You need to dig deeper. It's important. Sorry, guys, <laughs> we're not on a tangent, but yeah, it's just important no, to make sure fine. you update like, yourself with that one. Absolutely. Um, we have def- we have gone in, we've taken a bit of a dive into it in the last two episodes and we definitely will explore what's going on a little bit more later on in the episode because as I say like it's something that we just have to keep going and no matter and no matter what point you find yourself in like learning about these things um because I think that sometimes when people are like quote unquote late to the conversation it's almost like they they're ashamed for being late to the conversation it's like, oh where have you been it's been happening for years and blah 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 and yes while while that may be true i think we also have to just be mindful and extend some ourselves some grace sometimes because if you're not aware you're not aware right but the, the you start doing the work when you are aware and it's like what i said on on my tweets that when you finally really deep some some of these things it's you can't look away and then you then start the process of understanding, okay, how how do how am I complicit in this? And what it, what are the ways that I can show solidarity? What are the ways that I can educate myself? And that's all you can do, really. So we will be getting into that. We're going to park that for just a second. Um, because today was well like well and truly um a circus. It was an absolute circus. I mean, the British government for the last couple of years has definitely been um, what I would describe as a carry-on film. Um, and every now and again, there are events that happen that you just sit in disbelief and think, okay, like, this cannot be real. And today definitely was one of them. So if you have been following the circus that is the British government, last week, before we had the pro-Palestinian march, Suella Braverman, who at the time was the Home Secretary, she's no stranger to making inflammatory comments. Like, she definitely leans into the the extreme right-wing um, EDL-type rhetoric. Like, she just says so many um, 
really shocking and outlandish things that we just come to expect that of her. Like she definitely is a very evil and despicable human being. Today, Rishi Sunak sacked her as Home Secretary. And this comes after she accused the Metropolitan Police of bias in their handling of the pro-Palestinian protest. She claimed that the police were playing favourites, that the police, the British police, were playing favourites with non-white people. Now, if we know anything about the Metropolitan Police, is that believable? That is 100% not believable. Right. 100%. But if, if, if anything, they wouldn't have been able to deal with the million, million people. But outside yeah, of that, <laughs> honest, they would have had to got the army to deal with a million Fam, people. They would have been calling up Manchester, Birmingham, like Nottingham, please. Right. And that's and and I think that is a big reason why they weren't as aggressive as they could have been. But yeah. you, you know, you you have to think of this tactically. Like, are you are you with your small, small one thousand people? going to be overly aggressive towards a million people even though you have the backing of the government right not in in that situation like the police are the police are a lot of things right they are a lot of things but on the day when you're faced with that many people as you say like let's not be stupid here exactly and obvious and, and of course all of the people marching have been given like leaflets and cards and um, information about you know what to do what not to do right. during the protests and and on top of that everyone on the march I'm not even going to say majority I'm going to say everyone in the march was there to just march they weren't there to cause trouble so obviously no trouble is going to happen if no trouble is going to happen they can't arrest people absolutely and they released a statement as they have been doing after every march to almost give us, like, I guess, um, a bit of a debrief. And according to them, they said that the pro-Palestinian march was, march was, given, again, given the scale, like, I don't think people really understand one million people. Like, I think people just really need to sit with that for a moment and really think about how, that's a lot of people. One million on the streets of London, right? We're not in a stadium. I mean, even that many people in a stadium is a lot, but that on the streets of London, Right. And that was also on a day where TfL decided to not have any trains running until three o'clock. But but people still made it. And then you had the football degenerates doing their thing. So we need to really look at the fact that we have a government who actively were trying to encourage violence. Right. Like what like the, what, what that doesn't make any sense. Like the Home Secretary, all the people in government, like it is their job, right, to advocate for for peace, right? To advocate for, um, like surely you would think that they would applaud or be quite happy that, okay, something like a million people on the streets of London, um, it was relatively peaceful. That's something to celebrate, no? But no, not in our case. So many of us were calling for Suella's head, because that isn't the first time that she had said something quite inflammatory. She said a lot of things, like a lot of the language that she uses is very dehumanising. Just a couple of days before that, she said that homelessness was a lifestyle choice, you know, that people just decide to leave their homes and sleep on the streets, basically. She's used very dehumanising language around uh, migrants, 
she has said, she said a lot of things. And for many of us who um, follow politics in this country very closely, um, have been really horrified at somebody in such a important position being able to speak in that way and essentially just sort of having free reign to say whatever. But no, that has finally come to an end. Um, and we were given about five minutes to celebrate her um, sacking. That was, it was literally two minutes. It was two minutes. Literally five minutes. Because when I saw the post, literally 10 minutes later, we heard about... It was the way I saw the video, David the Cameron. way he popped out of the car and started marching. I said, I said, where's he going? And then the, you lot were talking in the group chat. And then it was like, wait, all right, we're back to the bullshit. I was, I was watching the, the, the coverage and the, the people that they were like, all right, so we don't really know who's pulling up in this car. Let's just wait and see. Okay, stopping now. Now, David, what? What? What are you? What are you doing here? Right. Which, like, which which hole did you crawl out of? Like, why are you here? So I'm watching this in utter disbelief. Right. I'm thinking, oh my god, they're going to actually give. Him. I'm thinking, okay. So for those of you again who maybe are not um, politically um, savvy or politically aware, David Cameron is not an MP. Oh. <laughs> right. Right. MP stands for <laughs> Member of Parliament, right? He is not an MP. Yes, he was Prime Minister at one point in time. He is not a current Member of Parliament. Right. So one would naturally assume mm-hmm. that he has no place here. Right? right? No, no, no. Not in, not in Britain, where we clearly live in a dictatorship. So what has happened here, right, is Rishi has got on the phone to Charlie... And he has said, no, oh my God, kidding. we're in such a pickle, Charles. Um, would you mind just giving David, um, you remember him? Yeah. No. Would you mind just giving him a peerage? Right. Yeah. Cool. And you know it was a phone of call course. because this all happened way too quick. Way too. This happened. I'm, I'm sure this happened overnight. Yeah. Ring, ring, pon, Buckingham Palace. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make the morning news. Do you know no, what that looked like? That looked like in sitcoms. You know the old school yes. sitcoms when when a celebrity walk in and it was like, ah, that's what they did. No, but honestly, please, can we just take a second? A man who is not an elected official is now our foreign mm. is now our foreign secretary because the king yeah. said so. Are we are we in sixteen forty two? I'm not shocked because this all makes sense. Right. We we have a government that literally tried to create a bill so that we couldn't protest anymore. Nothing surprises me with this government. And what it tells me is that the government is desperate. This government is desperate and it's desperate to hold on to power. And it knows that slowly but surely, fingers crossed, it's not going to get into power next year or whenever they have another general election. And they're literally scraping the barrel. This was a PR move. This wasn't like strategy. This wasn't like um, actual like political strategy. This was just a PR move to kind of win the how many conservative voters that are still thinking of voting for them in the next general election. This is all PR strategy. This is all PR spin. This isn't about you know creating a better country and a fairer country for mm-hmm. us all. This is just about power. And I am one hundred percent. Was I shocked? Yes, but at the same time, I'm I'm just not surprised. 
I'm not surprised they've got KC3 on the phone to say, uh, hey, hon, can, can we get a peerage for this one year? I'm not surprised. This country can do anything to keep its power. But the thing is, what I've said before and what I tweeted actually is that this should be, mm. you know, the wake up call for everyone. Like the desperation, the fact that a million people marched from the streets and the government tried to make it out to seem something that it isn't. This is the this is how desperate this government is. And the fact that a, a million people marched shows just how powerful we as individuals can be in terms of making the government accountable. It's our move, basically. One. The ball is in our court. But the government the government is just desperate. And it's actually I quite see. hilarious to watch. I mean, that again, when you just kind of pick apart what's happened here, um, like Rishi has overlooked the hundreds of MPs currently, you know, the, the people that who are actually currently MPs, right? He's, right. he's ignored them all and said, actually, no, that one who's probably sat on an island somewhere doing nothing since he left government, because really and truly, he's not really had, he's not done anything of no- notable. Didn't he write a memoir or something? I think I saw he wrote a memoir or something. I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know nobody but... cares. Maybe, I don't know. Because <laughs> he, he, he definitely wasn't able to recreate that Genese qua oh, like Tony Blair did after he left. Like, he was able to yeah. actually make some power moves. David wasn't able to do that. Um. And the, yeah. th- the thing is, is that like, and this is why I say that it, it's it's so unfortunate that we we really don't hold our politicians mm. accountable, because if we did, right, David Cameron should not be able to show his face in public anywhere. David right. is responsible for the entire nightmare we are living in right now, right? Literally, and this is why when I'm on socials and I'm hearing, I'm seeing tweets from people who I can only assume were five when David Cameron was prime minister saying things that are just not are they just stupid they're just incorrect right david cameron um was the catalyst for all of the misfortune we are experiencing now like he's literally the architect right right like he put things into into motion now that we cannot undo right he ignited the referendum right we left the eu nobody no one knows no one can even tell you why we left we don't know why right and he kick-started that, and then he left. He left the scene of the crime. There's so many other things, right, that we could just reel off. There's a laundry list of things that David Cameron set about that has just been responsible for everything that we're dealing with right now. So then to have a man like that then be brought back into government as if he's some kind of saviour, we, we need to really look at this and say, look, how, how, how are we somehow... Do we share some responsibility in this? That's the question. I think we do, 100%. But a lot of it has come down to conditioning. Like I think we've said in previous episodes, like we've conditioned to be politically numb and politically apathetic and to not really engage in politics above a superficial level because that's how politics has been delivered to us Mm -hmm. as something that's really complicated we need to start getting back into the groove of being fully engaged in in politics from a national and local level yep it's it's hard yep it's tough but look at what's been going on with israel and palestine we were out on the march and one of the people that we were marching with said 
I would never really engage with it. I was kind of like conditioned to believe that, you know, it was a really like long, historical, complex thing. And then they said, oh, but it took me a few hours to read about it. And I was just like, oh, so it's taken me a day to realize that it's not actually that complicated at all. In fact, it's actually very simple. And this is just, this is just Israel and Palestine. So if we can take that, you know, that fire to kind of learn about that one thing in a country, we can use that and learn about politics in general, learn about politics in our country, learn about international policy as well and how everything is linked. And then we can start linking Sudan, you know, Congo, uh, Palestine, all the other genocides that have been happening around the world, linking it to back to this country and making more informed decisions and holding our governments and MPs accountable for their actions. I mean, we certainly do have a responsibility. We certainly have part to blame in it. But at the end of the day, it's the it's the government that has the power and it's, you know, the system that we are in and the system was built for us to not be so enlightened about what goes on in politics. But at the same time, it's 2023. You've got the entire of Beyonce's internet out there. You've got all of this information out there. At the moment now, in 2023, it's about your intentions. What are you what is your intention? If if your reaction is, oh my God, I, what what can I do now? What can I do now? And I'm just like, what do you mean what can you do now? You have the entire internet and you've got all of this going on and your question is, what can we do? As opposed to, how can I do this or how can I do that? It's just about changing your intentions. Do you want to learn or not? Because if I want to learn, my next question is, how do I learn? My next question is, right, I want to know about this, I want to know about that, and I want to know about that. And I go out and I learn. But also at the same time, you know, a lot of people don't think like that and need guidance. And I totally understand that. And that's a valid thing. But at the same time, once you change your intentions and you set your intentions, you shouldn't need to ask people for where to go next in terms of learning about politics. It's there and people are doing it. And there are people like us that look like us doing it. Look at Basayo. Like we've been amplifying her content for ages. And it's just, just set your intentions mm-hmm. and do the work. Because at the end of the day, it's us as people that have to hold this government accountable for their actions. Because mm-hmm. clearly the government aren't going to do that. Right. It's, it's ex- extremely well said. Um, and, and for those of us who who you know who lived through it or who have taken the time to um look back and understand and give ourselves like you know context to many of the problems that we're facing today like it's just really important so that's why when david cameron got out of that car you know the music stopped because not only is he now because of the nature of the way that he was appointed he won't ever be able to be questioned by mps in the chamber ever over foreign policy ever like do you know how insane that is so it, it so it's it's like all, all of this is like so basically yeah, he is now that. lord cameron yeah so so again a little bit of a lesson here so lords are are their appointed members of the upper chamber right that is part of legislation le- i can never say this word that is part of the legislature <laughs> legislation right 
the, the, like this is law that these people are not elected but and he now can't be questioned by MPs so this isn't so so if you're just new to if you're just waking up or you're just new to the party guys like this isn't a democracy it hasn't been a democracy in a while to be honest with you. right well it never has been because if you think Barely. about it the whole the no. whole premise of like the house of lords for example is like and again this is stuff that like i learned back when i was mm. probably doing like a level law right like yeah. the house of lords should be abolished and maybe in a yeah. future episode we can maybe do a deep dive in just to some of the nonsense <laughs> that we have to deal with in this country but the house that of lords part. should not exist shouldn't exist so we say all of that to say that like yes it's great that suella has gone but we got about five minutes of that and now we have to deal with um david cameron and um james cleverly is now has replaced suella so it's just like one career coon to the next and um i i saw one or two tweets today trying to make his appointment a thing because he's now allegedly the first black slash mixed race or or whatever and i just we're not going to spend too much time on this. i just want to tell you please shut up i'm glad i didn't see that this is not 2004 no one cares <laughs> right no one cares yeah. we have just endured suella and before her it was pretty and you know it's going to get worse when you've got a black man oh. you know you just know something bad is coming when you've got a black male conservative these people just these people just feel like they have something to prove honestly they they work so hard at keeping masses room clean so hard just buckle up folks mm. yeah buckle up and the the representation politics honestly we we we're not 12 like i don't even like giving these these talking points any any energy because like we're not 12 before we just quickly wrap this section up yeah i just wanted to just mention because i didn't think i thought this was a lie and i had to google it and it was true so there's been a lot of reshuffles in the government and we're not going to go through all of them so if you want to know just go and google it and you'll see right but i i just have to say that oh my god sorry guys so gb news presenter esther mcfay or fee she's been appointed common sense minister to tackle <laughs> to, to tackle no and, and, and that's not that's not the funniest part I'm so sorry it's not the funniest part she has been she's appointed common sense minister to tackle wokery oh my gosh I promise you, this is facts. Are we sure, though? Just, I promise you, this is not... Common, a common sense minister in the Conservative Party, <laughs> let alone government, let alone a government official, but common yeah, sense and, minister. And to tackle wokery, honestly... Is, is, is wokery defined like, in what the... Does that, what does that even mean? What, when I tell you, yeah, I could never be a serious journalist in this country. Because mm. if you let me loose in any of these newsrooms yeah i i watch these interviews and i think to myself why are you not asking the questions they they can't even define the word woke because they don't even know what that word means they because they don't it? understand the etymology of the word but it's just been it's just been it's been yeah. co-opted by by white people in the mainstream they, they don't know what it actually means they don't know but the they etymology don't, they don't the they word. don't even need to because they, when you have the read and average of the British public 
if, as 11, um, they know they don't have to be clear on any of this because no one's ever going to challenge them mm-hmm. on anything. So when you, and again, exactly. again you know, this, they take this however you want, right? But the British public is, genu- is genuinely quite stupid. So when you've got a government that is very much aware of that, and not only is the, are the British public stupid, um, they love to bathe in ap- apathy. They are like Calabash is, is right. the destiny's tied to a Calabash somewhere. Like they know all of this. They know all of this. Right. So that's they why know. you can create um, appointments like common sense minister. When, when has sense ever been common in that party? So yeah, right. I mean, look. I can't even take that conversation seriously. Honestly, I just, yeah. It's just a joke. But at the same time, we have to take it seriously. The government, the Conservative Party, well, I won't say the Conservative Party, the government, whichever form it is, does not take us seriously. So we have to take the fact mm. that they don't take us seriously serious. The moment we give in to collective apathy, then that's it. Yeah. No, actually, there was a, a tweet from Wonke. Wonke tweeted something interesting, and I agree with her. She said, they're counting on us to not vote, withhold, withhold our votes. They're glad that some of us are struggling to find reason, reasonable political alternatives, but we need to start researching because the Conservative Party cannot remain in power. They need to go. Yeah, I agree with her. Exactly. And and this is my thing. I know we, I know we wanted to talk about like um, uh-huh. political homelessness. My stance is we can't just be walking around doing this, oh, I don't know what to do, or I'm not going to vote, or look, the internet is there, and there isn't just three political parties. There are a handful of other parties out there, and I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of independents running as well. And I think the only thing that we can do is do our research and vote tactically, because like Ronke said, like... We can't let the Conservative Party, at a minimum, get back into government. In fact, neither the Conservative Party or the Labour Party should get back into government. Like, I know we are, not we, but a lot of people are politically wandering aimlessly. But even wandering aimlessly politically is a bad thing, and they're counting on that as well. We need to, we need to start switching our heads on and just, like, being very strategic in terms of how we deal with the government that we have and government and politics in general, we need to get more switched on. The more that we make decisions from a place of like lack and the more that we lean into apathy, then the government are going to get a head start in you know, continuing to oppress and suppress us. There are other parties out there. Go and do your research. You know, Vote tactically and ensure that the Conservative and the Labour government don't get into, 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 into power. You know, the system is already broken, and I think I've tweeted this already. Like, the system is broken, and the system kind of wasn't even made for us anyway, especially for black folk. So why not even fracture it and break it even more so that, you know, the government now needs to do the work. The government needs to do more work than it has to. The whole point of the government and the whole point of the political system that we have is that MPs are accountable to us. And if we went out, a million of us, to 10 Downing Street, what do you think they're going to say? Do you think they're going to just sit there and, and just ignore us? No, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna listen. So it's important for us to actually 
be active and do something instead of just being online talking. Like the power of social media is great, but it needs to be balanced with work outside of social media as well. And I think it's up to us now to be accountable for our actions so that the government can be accountable for theirs. Otherwise, we're just going to be this endless cycle. And obviously, we have to also think about our children and our children's children as well, because it's all good saying, oh, I'm just going to ignore the government. I'm not going to do anything because the price of food is going to go up anyway. So why should I get involved? I think that is quite a myopic stance because your children are going to have to be doing the work. Your grandchildren are going to have to be doing the work. And it's like, do you want them to do more or less work? Like, I don't plan to have kids, but I'm going to be uncles to a lot of children. And what I want is for them to be like, oh my God, Demetrius was about it. He did something. It's also paving the way for their future as well. Like Exactly. And it's like, there's clearly been like a political and activist and radical fracture within our community. And... It hasn't happened to me because I was radicalised at quite a young age. So the work that I'm doing, I want like your children to see it and be like, rah, Dems was about it. Let me see what he did. Let me hear what he had to say and let me carry that on. But if we sit down and we're just like totally fucking like apathetic to the situation or we don't actually do anything, then what does that teach our children? And now our children have to do even more work. And then our children look back and like, oh, they didn't do anything, why should I do something? Or they didn't do anything, so now I have to do like 10 times the work. I don't want to be the generation where we fucked up. So it's all good wandering around being like politically homeless or whatever that means, because we're black people, we're not politically homeless. (laughs) We have politics. We just need to get with the fucking programme and actually get involved. Everything you said was like facts, honestly. And I think this is one of the few times that I've sat here and I thought, you know what, actually, it would have been great to be filmed right now. So see my facial reaction as you were saying all of that, because I have been known very recently on socials to say that I ain't voting for shit. But you're right. You're right. I would I would I would be a hypocrite if I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, Dems is right. I'm gonna... But I have definitely been online and I've just said, I, I don't want to I do not want to participate. I don't want to participate in the next general election. And for those of you listening, and if if you don't know, the next general election doesn't need to happen until 2025, right? So Mm. do I think they should call a general election now? I actually do think, I actually think they should. I think they should. I think that Mm. given the amount of instability that has happened, um, and if I look at how old my son is, right, in his lifetime, and he's not even, he's barely two, in his lifetime, he's had, what, four prime ministers? Three? Like, that's ridiculous. Mm. That is absolutely ridiculous. So I, I do agree. I do think that I do think that there should be a... Um, I think a general election should be called. Um, and everything that Dems has said is absolutely facts. Like, nothing you have said I disagree with. You're right. We, we can't afford to disengage. But I, I'm also not going to betray my feelings and, and, and pretend that I don't feel... I don't feel, um, I don't want to vote, but I know that between now and the next general election, there's some work to be done. Mm. It's tactical. This is the thing, like, I don't want to vote either, but since 2014, I've just been thinking really tactically about politics. So, for example, the 2016 or 2017 general election, 
that's when I was like, right, I'm going to read five or six manifestos and I'm going to pick a party based on their manifesto as opposed to what they're saying on the TV. And the party that I chose was the Green Party. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so now I vote Green Party. And the only reason why I didn't vote Green Party on the 2019 general election is because I was voting tactically. Yes, my politics are with the Green Party, but I need to be strategic now because look at what the Conservative Party are doing. Look at the way that they are like trying to get voters. Look at the way that they're using uh, social media and ads on social media. Look at the way they're painting Jeremy Corbyn. Like it's absolutely disgusting. Like this government cannot get into power. So what do I do? I voted for Jeremy Corbyn. A, because I believe in him. B, because I know he's about it and he has been about it and he has historically been about it. And C, yeah, my politics are with the Green Party, but I need to vote tactically because I do not want the Conservatives to come into power. And this that's all we need to do. Whether we believe in the system or not, whether we think the system is broken or not, it is broken. Whatever we believe, it doesn't actually matter. What matters is that we use our vote strategically so that certain people don't get into power. And that's all we have to do. And other people do that anyway, do you know what I mean? Like outside of our community, that is how a lot of people play the game. It's tactics, it's strategy. But again, because we've historically been conditioned to believe that politics is overtly complex, we don't think like that. We just think, oh, I'm going to watch the TV, going to see what these two men are talking about. Do I align with them or not? Or historically, what has my people voted for? I'm going to vote that or not. We're very lazy when it comes to politics because mm. we've been conditioned to do that. But it's time to take action and be strategic and actually take time out and sacrifice some time mm-hmm. to actually do the work. And again, it comes back to your intention. What is your intention? Yeah, you're right. Because we've just been conditioned to see blue or red and if and if we now suddenly are like oh I don't deal with either of them and then we suddenly check out which again I'm talking to myself in this because because labor for a lot of us was just the natural choice because it just was it was mm. and then it then became oh well labor's the lesser of two evils and then it's just now it's just like absolutely not like it's the lesser of two evils should it's just not a thing anymore so yeah I think for all of us, <clears throat> there definitely is some work to do around just looking beyond the two main political parties, looking outside of that. And as Dems has rightly said, just playing this more tactically, making them work for our votes. They work for us. It's not the other way around. And just trying to reclaim some of that power back. Wow. OK, we we did say at the top of this that there would be quite a lot to get into. And we are desperately trying to cover everything. But given just looking at the time now, I don't think we have time to get into everything. And I think actually it's probably the best because we did really want to go into, um, because we have leaned into the genocides that are happening currently in Africa. So specifically in, in Sudan and the Democratic Republic of Congo. And we want to really lean into our, our complicity in the Congo genocide. I think that definitely is the uncomfortable conversation to be had when discussing Congo. Because um, what they're mining for, we all directly benefit from. And I think there is a, an entire discussion around our complicity. And, and let me be clear, I'm not saying that, like, you know, we all want this to be the case. This just is what the case is. 
And we need to start kind of like picking that apart and understanding, okay, what is the role that we will play in that? There's this whole wider machine around capitalism and how we, a lot of us are just slaves to capitalism, you know, over consumerism, just, you know, wanting everything, needing everything. Um, So I think what we're going to do is we're going to just park that for another day and actually just have a proper episode where we really delve into that. Because I think we just need to give that justice. So just to round this episode up, when we talk, when we spoke about today being an interesting day, um, the timeline is always a lot. But one thing that I just I want us to just touch on um, is integrity and maybe the lack thereof in certain um, Black British creative scenes. We are absolutely no um, stranger to having these difficult conversations. We lean into this all the time. We think it's really important to hold each other accountable. Um, I use the term community very loosely because I don't really believe that we actually have a black community, not in the not in the sense, not in the way that, you know, we should have a black community in the, in the way that we all look out for each other, in the way that we hold each other accountable. I think if we truly had a community in, the, in that sense, predators like um, quote unquote Pastor Toby would be ostracized from our community. I think if we took... Um, sexual assault seriously. I think if we took the safeguarding of our children seriously, I think predators like him wouldn't be able to be welcomed anywhere. I think it's really important as content creators. And again, we are podcasters, whether I like that term or not, that's what we are, that's what we do. Every week, every month, when you're thinking about things to talk about, you have to think about, you know, what is my lane? You know, what do I want to give to the people? And I think that when you're moving into a space where you have zero morals, I think that we are entering dangerous territory. Um, and we, want, we wanted to give this some time today because I think it's important that we are calling each other out when we do things that are wrong. And personally, this to me was, was a completely wrong move to platform somebody like that. What did you both think? Are you speaking specifically about... So we're talking about 90s baby show. I haven't listened to an episode a day in my life. I don't I don't really I don't listen to um to black men like that, sorry. But I do follow them on Twitter um and I do engage with their posts from time to time on Twitter because I thought that at least from what I saw, it seemed cool enough. Um it seemed funny, it seemed lighthearted, um and I'm I'm okay to kind of give my support quite passively. I, I it, it didn't really extend beyond that. I don't I don't really listen to black men (laughs) not like that but at the same time I thought from what I've seen online um, and those people that do listen to them they felt that this was like a bit off-brand I don't know well um I like you said some listeners were commenting that they've always listened to it and they've noticed it's getting to the point where they're doing stuff for clickbait and clout because why else would you have such a person that what what is what is he bringing to your platform and then when you're um, held accountable about it, because people obviously sent the evidence of the misogyny and abuse and other degenerate stuff that that guy says. Um, and they just said, oh, sorry, we didn't know. If you're going to produce a show and invite guests onto your show, it's your responsibility as a producer and creator of that show to do your homework and who's going to be sitting on your platform. Because people sitting on your platform are going to represent your platform. Right. So even in being told that you're platforming a misogynist and someone that says has said stuff that incites sexual abuse, 
you should at least delete it. If you're claiming ignorance, you should at least delete the content of these people. But no, it's giving you numbers, isn't it? Yeah. So again, it's going back to the integrity issue when it comes to black British creatives that, yeah, it's becoming a running theme that people don't have integrity when they just want to create content for creating content's sake, which is very frustrating. Um, and I just think it's disgusting, really. I don't know what else to say. Demetrius, what do you think? I, I 100% agree with um, both of you. And I just think that there is an issue with a lack of integrity within the Black British creative scene. And I think it just comes from the fact that there never really has been a need for it historically. Historically, we've just wanted to like create our own entertainment, create our own things, create our own music, create our own, you know, entertainment because we never were really represented on mass. Yes, we've had it like in peaks, peaks and troughs throughout the years, but in terms of like this generation of like millennial Gen Z kind of like content creators, like we've never kind of like had it for ourselves. And obviously we're moving into online where there are less kind of like barriers to entry in terms of creating content. So there's been a lot less bureaucracy and, you know, fact checking and, you know, all of the things that you would, that you would have in place to make sure that you are saying things in, in a way that has integrity. So I think there's kind of been that element going on so that we have a lot of young people now that are just creating content, creating content, and then a mistake happens and it's like, oh my God, I didn't know. And then the reaction is, oh my God, why are you, it's not that deep? Or why are you saying, why are you saying that I should delete it? Or do you know what I mean? Like even the reaction is very kind of like immature, not just 90s baby, but I'm just talking about historically, like over like, even like the five or six years where people get called out. There's just a general all around lack of integrity in general. Especially when you see a lot of platforms get brand deals and, you know, they sign with Spotify or Amazon or whatever. And, you know, they they level up and, you know, they break out and they make it and it's great. And I think that is great. But at the same time, as you get popular and as you get bigger as a brand, you need to start looping in these small areas of of profession... I don't like saying the word professionalism, but that is what it is. Like these layers of professionalism that not only protect your brand, but actually help you as a content creator evolve. So things like PR, things like fact checking, things like hiring a co-producer to kind of work with you to make sure that, you know, they got past the Tobia and having someone in to say, mm, well, you know, other people have been talking about it already. So instead of inviting all of these random people on or to talk about it in a certain way, why not bringing or amplify the voices of people that have been impacted by it to give them a voice? Pastor Toby doesn't need to be amplified. They know they know what he's about, man. They know. Ex- exactly. But if you, if you had integrity or if you if you had these different elements on your platform as you grow bigger, you would actually get bigger and have longevity over a longer period of time rather than just getting getting the views and getting all of the clout now i th- i think that the frustrating thing with some of these um these these um 
platforms or when you just sort of have like certain unsavory guests but like nothing happens to these people right and and this is the issue and I, I tweeted this today that I think also integrity has to also extend just beyond that platform I think it's also about us as well um yeah it's all well and good being outraged online about oh my god like that's Toby oh my god how how meanwhile the video will have like half a million views you know what I mean it's just like well right. no, like integrity needs to extend to us as well you need to starve these predators of attention right that that is what we need to do exactly. because um people can start to feign ignorance now and maybe oh i didn't know or whatever whatever all of that is bullshit to me because we are very much aware of spac nation and what they're about right mm-hmm. like we, we know that and, and and that's why it makes me sick because we were all aware of Linian, for example. She 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 is behind the Reach Out project, and mm. last year mm. her DMs were full of thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year olds exposing Spac Nation. They were being lured by. Right. They were they were being preyed on. Right. These are children. These aren't like these aren't adults who you know maybe looking for a, a, a church, quote unquote, or whatever. These are children. These are minors. Right. These are kids, and they are being preyed on by this organization and you think it's okay to invite somebody like that on to your podcast like l- like let's just be real and and the and the reason why it's so it, where I'm so disgusted by this is because everybody's fully aware of these allegations and they don't care they don't care mm. um, and and uh, this problem extends wider than just the platforms itself but it's also it also requires us as consumers to do the work and actually say, okay, do you know what? Like, as outraged as I am by this, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to starve these people of attention because that's what they want. Like, we also need to hold ourselves to a particular standard. If these platforms aren't going to have standards, fine. They won't get any views. We're going to ignore them, right? That's what we need to do. Like, when we, we, don't, take, we don't take certain things seriously, like th- that's just how I see it. Like, not everything needs you to talk about. Talk about you need to lend your voice mm. to everything. You're not an investigative journalist, right? Those people spend years honing their craft. Everyone thinks that their imp- their opinion is important, and you think that you're inform- informed. No matter the topic, we're talking about sexual violence here, sexual abuse. We're talking about pre- right. preying on minors, like. The police have been involved. This SPAC nation has been discussed, has been discussed in Parliament, right? Panorama have been involved. And you think what's missing in the discourse is your voice. <laughs> like Snow, like on a real, like, let's stop this right now. Like, let's just stop this. Because because what really angers me is when we t- are talking about children, because like Lillian said this today on Twitter, like we can disagree on a lot of things, right? That's just the nature of humans, right? But there's one thing you would hope we can all come together on and say, do you know what? Like the safeguarding of our kids is really important, right? We're, we're witnessing mm. all this nonsense right now in Gaza, right now, right? And we can all see that and see how wrong that is. So I just think, I just think that, yeah, I can have all the smoke for these platforms and all the nonsense they're doing and whatnot. But I think, as I said, we need to also look inward and say, all right, like what, why are these podcasts and why are these platforms successful? Like we've got some of the most misogynistic platforms. Yeah. They get millions of views and streams every day, every day. They say the most like academics. This, this guy is a massive homophobe, misogynist that he's all of the phobes 
and, and he sat on your platform. And he sat on your platform. Right. Like, what? That really annoyed me as well, because when I heard about this whole thing going down with 90s Baby, when I was first looking at Twitter, I was like, why have they posted a video of him and doing something, something thoughts? I'm like, surely you know that this guy is like an absolute dickhead. Why would you be using his words and amplifying his words to create engagement for your platform? That's that's really that's really stupid. Very, very stupid. And then I realized, no, it wasn't that. It was Pastor Toby. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Like, are you all okay? Is everything okay? Leave the journalism to journalists. Like, you don't have the range to be doing Pastor Toby. There are journalists like Nadine White who actually, you know, did the work, did the investigative journalism to actually uncover it all and actually spoke to people that were um, involved in the church and, you know, who were abused by Pastor Toby. And if it wasn't for Nadine's work with the Huffington Post, then we wouldn't have had the Panorama, you know, documentary and it wouldn't have got to court. You know, it was, uh, I think it was Nadine White and Emma Yule that first did the Huffington Post article. And it was because of them. It's the reason why we are now talking about it now. So... I don't know why you'd want to talk about this. I don't know why. Obviously, we know why for engagement. But, you know, if you want engagement, go and chat with Nadine. Nadine's been doing the work. Nadine has got the inside scoop. Nadine is the one that can contact, you know, the people that have been, you know, hurt and abused by this church and amplify their voices. That is where the integrity is. But obviously, a lot of these platforms don't have integrity they don't think they're just there for you know the clicks the engagement the clout the brand deals and you know what that's cute at the end of the day but are you really serving your community are you really helping your community and you know what I I don't think they actually they even really care about that but again it goes back to what I previously said and it's about your intention what is your intention so like with us at Black Canvas uh, we have like a brand statement we have a usp our our intention for this platform is clearly stated you know our platform is purpose driven and because of that we have to hold integrity at the center of every bit of content that we create and you know we're not perfect i am not perfect tops is not perfect tiffany is not perfect we've all made mistakes we're probably going to make mistakes in the future but at the end of the day when it comes to us three coming together to create content it's integrity that's at the core of everything that we do and we may even make a mistake and get something wrong but trust and believe next week we'll be like do you know what my bad I got that wrong and we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you know we rectify the mistake that we make and learn from it yeah. integrity is everything is part of baked into everything that we do even in our day-to-day lives as well, which is kind of why we have this platform in the first place. So it really does come to integrity and, you know, what is the purpose of your content? And again, I think I'm going back to what Basaya said, like, you know, what is Mm. your purpose? Outside of, you know, getting tables at clubs and crypto and doing finance and bag and shoe, like outside of that, like, what is your purpose? Mm. And if you don't have an answer, 
I think you need to put down the mic and find that answer. Very well said. Do the shadow work, man. I always say it's important to ask yourself why. <laughs> why am I engaging with this content? Why am I in this space? Why am I engaging with this discourse? Why am I amplifying this and that? Ask yourself why more often, like, to be a better, well-rounded human being in general. <laughs> yep. We're not saying that we are better than anyone. No. We're not. Even with politics, we've been talking about politics for the last, like, hour and a half. We're not political experts. Yeah. But you know what? We have we have taken the time to get informed because we know that politics is important so that we're not on the internet doing, oh, my God, where do I go? What do I do? Who do I speak to? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just about changing your intentions and setting the right intentions. Like, we're no better than anyone else. We've just set our intentions a certain way and acting accordingly. I mean, I, I love how you guys love to sound all humble and shit, but we are absolutely better than people that will absolutely platform and abuse us. I did top it top the actual heck. Like, <laughs> top like, damn. What the actual heck? No, sorry. I'm not gonna platform an abuser. Like, please. So yeah. no, I'll let you lot take all the humble stuff. No, no, I agree because it's about being intentional, isn't it? If you know you're intentional with something, then you can be Yeah, I one hundred agree, but at the same time, like balance, isn't it? Balance them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I can cuss their platform up and down, up and down, but at the end of the day, I've just cussed them out. Then the next thing is like, so what now? Do you know what I mean? I don't I don't want to be. I'm not about cussing people up and down. I, but and I don't then, even feel like we've even done that. Like I re, I don't even feel like we because we could. Have, I, I mean, we could have. I don't even feel like we've done that. We I, I actually we, we keep that. In yeah, I don't, I don't feel like we've done that. I I feel like it comes from a place of genuine disappointment because we, we speak a lot yeah. about community mm. and the fact that you know you've got a very successful podcast and whatnot. It's like there was no need to do this, right? So it doesn't. Yeah. I don't have to sit here and cuss you out. Like it it is genuinely coming from a place of disappointment because like. The reason why a lot of predators are able to to prey yes. and you know um, yes. prey on the vulnerable and whatnot is because it, it takes a village to do that. It takes enablers to mm. do that, right? And as I've said at the very top of this mm. conversation, like somebody like that should be ostracized. If the police haven't caught up with him yet, that's fine. Hopefully his day in court will come. But until then, he needs to be ostracized. He shouldn't be welcome anywhere. Right. We as a community could say, do you know what? Your time will come. But for now, like we shut the front door in your face. But the real tea is that a lot of you, man, dick ride Pastor Toby. Like his his wealth. Yeah. You love the wealth that he flaunts online. You love that. You look up to him. They're obsessed by it. Yeah. That's his that's his MO. That's his whole MO. Right. And 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 that to me is and that to me is worrying. It's worrying that somebody with this alleged wealth um can make you just lose all kinds of integrity, make you lose your mind, make you lose any standards that you are willing to be associated with someone like that. That is the bigger issue, right? Like he should disgust us all. He should, he's, he's disgusting. Any predator, anyone yeah. who would prey on the young, the vulnerable, should disgust all of us. So yeah, this isn't a drag or or maybe it was a little bit drag, but like like I'm not cussing you out. It's just it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like it, we just need we need to do better ultimately, and and hopefully maybe that after the public flogging today, um, that they've taken some time to think about it and thought, okay, this was probably not the right move to make, um, and that's that. I mean, I wouldn't know. I I unfollowed because I'm not like. And stop trying to be provocative for provocative sake. Yeah, yeah. Like just think about what you're doing. 
it's just disappointing to me like like for real for real like it is really disappointing because I hate that this man pops up everywhere I, I just I hate it it's just not right like right. we've got too many of these men in our community who can move unchecked because yeah we just allow it so please let's just do better like let's really just do better in all seriousness let's do better um, but yeah, once again, we want to just thank everyone for continuing to listen to the podcast. We really appreciate it. This is episode 27, guys. So, you know, we've been doing this for 27 weeks. So thank you so much for listening and for engaging. We see all your comments um, and I really I appreciate I really like reading them. So thank you um, for the shares. Because the more you share our podcast, the more it can reach other people. And, you know, you can join our little Black Canvas family. So thank you so much. Um, in terms of this week's spotlight, we are going to continue to spotlight um, the Palestinian um, um, journalists that are currently on the ground in Gaza. We want they, they need they need our support. Um, and for this week, we're going to add some new links Um we need we want we're really desperately trying to connect with some organizations that are on the ground in Congo and Sudan and um we were able to come across some this week so we will share them um in the description below so you can get um connected with them and yeah it's just the first step like it's the first step is to educate yourself that is the first step um ignorance is no longer an excuse there are tons of resources so that's the first step get informed understand what it is that is going on and only then we can start moving forward. So, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Tiff, lovely to have you back. And we hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. If you can make it to the protest on Wednesday, please do. Hope to see as many of you there. Um, but until next week, um, we will, yeah, have a great week. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Peace. Bye. Oh, hey, it's mine. Rich, you see, that's the way.